This is Dream Chasers, episode 27, with John Gilkison. Hey guys, what's going on? I'm Adam Carswell, and welcome to Dream Chasers, interviews with the future. On Dream Chasers, we interview individuals with supernatural amounts of potential based on early success in their careers. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's get straight to the interview. Hey guys, this is Adam Carswell, and today I'm joined by John Gilkison. John is a realtor with the Zia Group based out of Santa Barbara, California. He's originally from Santa Barbara and went to Long Beach State in LA County. He now lives back in his hometown, Santa Barbara. John, thank you for being on the show today, and do you have any opening remarks for our listeners? Hey, Adam. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Super excited to be here. This is my first podcast. Hopefully, it all goes smooth, but uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here and excited to get started. We want to give a quick shout out to Eric Lynn of Cross Country Consulting, who introduced me to Bowen Lee, one of your business partners over there at the Zia Group. We are now live with John because Bowen, uh, well, I asked Bowen, you know, I have this podcast, I interview people who are doing very well, young in their careers. Do you have anyone at the Zia Group that fits that mold? And John, <laughs> he flipped straight to you. So give your, uh, your message to Bowen now too, I guess. Will do. He's, he's an absolute mover, shaker. He's a connector. So thanks, Bowen. Appreciate it. <laughs> so John, how long have you been working with the Zia Group? I will be coming up on five years here uh, in May of 2019. Wow. And, and when, did that, when did that become something that you decided you really wanted to take to the next level? Honestly, after, after joining the Zia Group, it was, it was kind of a second stint at, at real estate for me. I, uh, I started doing it in, out in San Francisco, and I started with a smaller startup, only lasted there after about a year. I realized I wasn't in the position that I wanted to be in and decided to move out of the city. I ended up having a buddy uh, whose family was actually starting an organic fruit farm in Hawaii. So oddly enough, <laughs> I, I decided to jump on this opportunity to kind of find myself, so to speak, and, and decided you know, to, to help me decide what I wanted to do. Basically, after working working there for three months in the blistering sun on my hands and knees, half of the day plucking weeds. I, I knew that farming, farming wasn't the route that I wanted to go. But even more importantly, I kind of started to get the itch to, to get back into real estate. And I knew that I had to give it another shot before I really gave up on it because I, I did have a passion for it. I just wasn't in the right position um, in, my, in my first attempt. So that's when I moved back to my hometown of Santa Barbara got introduced to the Zia Group. Funny enough, actually, Daniel Zia, the founder of the Zia Group, was actually my parents' realtor. That's how I got connected to him. Um, when I was back in college, I, I used to like to go on the showings with my parents, and, and you know, I was kind of interested in it at that time. And when I moved back to town, I remembered his name and thought, you know, he seemed like a really you know, good guy. He was on top of it, knowledgeable. Um, I ended up following up with him a bunch, I mean, like a lot before he actually returned my phone call. And, um, and that's kind of how I got started with the Zia group. And once I had the right group and the right team of people around me, um, that really propelled my success forward. And that's when I knew that, that this was going to be the, the right situation for me. I couldn't agree more being in those shoes before as well, getting started as a realtor. I even probably can admit that I, I didn't take the advice that I should have, which is to get involved with and join a team as soon as you can to kind of learn how things work before you start branching out and kind of doing your own thing. So I did the opposite. 
And one th- piece of advice <laughs> that I could ever give to anyone is exactly what you just said. Get plugged in with someone who knows what they're doing, someone who cares about you. Also be willing to put in, you know, maybe some hours getting started that you wouldn't ideally want to because in the long run, you're going to be able to create a life for yourself that really is pretty fruitful and a lot has a lot more freedom. I don't know if you could relate to that at all, but I, I also did want you, if you can, can you clarify, did you say you were farming in Hawaii? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, I was working on an organic fruit farm, but it was actually one of my old college buddies, his, um, his parents kind of decided in their retirement that they wanted to move to Hawaii and, and start this fruit farm. And I was envisioning like, I was envisioning just working, you know, in this tropical paradise, like eating these amazing tropical <laughs> fruits and like just having the most fun time ever. I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved being on Hawaii. I just didn't enjoy the work that much because um, I found out the farm hadn't even actually been been started. So we were literally doing the groundwork of like <laughs> clearing the fields, like planting the trees. So I, I didn't even get to reap the benefits of the, of the fruit that was being grown yet because none of it was actually producing. So yeah, that was kind of my, my stint in between jobs as I, as I kind of found, you know, it was a more of like a find myself type, uh, type job. Right. <laughs> but it, 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 I, all in all, I, I mean, I, I still had a great time. I, I wouldn't have traded it for anything. It was, it was hard labor that, that, um, is, is I think it's, it's good, good for you to, to experience that. <laughs> yeah. And I noticed I kind of, I apologize cause I kind of threw two completely different questions at you at the same time just there. But yeah, talk a little bit more about the blood, sweat, and tears maybe of those first couple of years or a year or so getting started with real estate, maybe even with the Zia Group. I don't know. What was it like for you at the very beginning? Oh yeah, it was still a struggle. Even even though I had the right training and the right people around me and the right systems, it wasn't a cakewalk, man. It, it took me eight months before I got my first transaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was, I mean, I was out door knocking. That's a big part of my business. And how I've gotten a lot of my success through through door knocking, but you know, door knocking, cold calling, talking to everyone, um, and still, you know, it took me it took me eight months to get my first transaction under my belt. The beginning wasn't easy, and that's the scary part about real estate too. I mean, you don't you don't get paid till you sell a home. It's a hundred percent commission. So right. I, I was going eight months without without a without a paycheck. Luckily, at the time, I was living at my mom's house, so I had. I didn't have um, a rent check to pay. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's scary and it's a, it's a struggle. Well, it's good to see you've made it to where you're at now. John, what would you say is your why? My why? I kind of have, have two, but I would say my main why is like my main end goal is to achieve financial freedom. You know, uh, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. I, I love doing what I'm doing. Just like anything, I, I want to have the choice to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Exactly. And if I don't feel like working or, you know, and I want to go on a month long European adventure, then I want to have the opportunity to be able to do so. And same thing, like with my future family that, that I, that I want to have, I want to be able to, you know, I love sports. I love coaching. I want to be able to coach my kids. I want to be able to, you know, make it to all their games, pick them up from school, do all those things. And if I'm, if I'm held back by, you know, trying to, trying to make a dollar, that's not where I want to be. So that's my end goal is to achieve, achieve that financial freedom. I couldn't agree more. And that's definitely a vision and a dream that personally I I would agree is a lot more achievable when you're in a entrepreneurial business or in a in a role where you can really control your own hours and call your own shots. Absolutely. Yeah. To touch on that some more, real estate is I got in it not just not just so I could help others buy real estate, because that's that's kind of my second why is 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 being able to help others. I find that extremely rewarding and sometimes 
that's one of the things where, you know, this business is really rough, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I love, I really love working with first time home buyers too, because they, they really get that enjoyment out of it. I'm, I'm a recent first time home buyer. And, um, that's another reason that I, that I absolutely love doing the job, but, um, I did, I did get into real estate so that I could learn more about it personally, because I realized in order to achieve that financial freedom, you need to be able to have that passive income to have that passive income. You need to, you need to have things that are working for you even while you're not working so that you're getting, you're having the money come in. And um, for, for me, that's owning investment properties, income producing properties that cash flow. Mm-hmm. So I can own these properties and, um, and the money will be coming in while I sleep. I love it. Sounds so. like you and I need to have a conversation after this. <laughs> yeah, I, I know I, uh, it, it all sounds, sounds really good in theory. Um, but I'm, I'm still working on the plan myself too, but yeah, we should, we should definitely have a conversation after this. That'd be fun. Nice. What, uh, what industry leaders and role models are you inspired by? My, my industry role model is definitely, I would say Daniel Zia of the Zia group. He, he, I already mentioned him once, but he's, he's the one that's kind of taken me under his wing, been not just a great mentor, uh, business wise, but also, but also a personal mentor of mine that I know that I can come to him with anything, you know, business, personal, whatever it is, but he's just got a really, um, really good business mind, just a really smart, smart guy. And, um, I just, I value his, his advice. So yeah, that, that's probably been my number one mentor in the business mm-hmm. outside of the industry. I've, I'm sure you've probably heard of, have you heard of uh, Gary Vaynerchuk? Of course. Of course. Yep. <laughs> okay. Okay. I never know. It's always, it's always hit or miss. Um, yeah, well, he's definitely I, getting I was, bigger was, and bigger. Yeah. I, I was definitely, I was high on his podcast. I've slowed down listening to it because it does get a little bit repetitive. It's kind of the same stuff over and over. But in the beginning, man, he has a great, he has a great business mind as well. And he just, you know how he is. He just, he'll throw out the F-bomb every five words, but he's right. super, super honest, truthful, real. And there's just some raw, I think raw knowledge to that, that I, that I really enjoyed. And I've related um, or I've applied a lot of his concepts to my own business. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. There's a lot of guys out there, um, I would say similar to him, but maybe not as big that are just straight shooters. Another relatively popular one, I would agree, is um, is Grant Cardone. I'm sure you're familiar with him. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just being in yeah, real estate. Uh, exactly. And and I've been getting on the podcast kick recently. So anytime I can make that time in my car driving from appointments productive, I do as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you got to do. And, and those podcasts are very inspiring. I heard a pretty cool quote recently, and I can't remember exactly how it went, but it was basically motivation is like taking a bath, meaning you don't just get motivated once and then that's it forever. You don't just take one bath for the month and then call it a day. Like, you know, you you need daily motivation or at least, you know, multiple times a week. I guess you have to take a bath every day. um, (laughs) Yeah. So, so staying plugged in with, with podcasts and information that helps us get better on a daily basis or at least as many times as we can per week is totally, um, totally the right thing to do. So I applaud you on, on being the podcast while you drive guy. Yeah, no, it's so true, man. I, I couldn't agree more. It's, you gotta have that. Honestly, I, I think you need, you do need the daily motivation depending on the industry that you're in. You hear these guys talk and, and hear the energy in their voice and the enthusiasm and the passion. You're like, dang, how do they do that? <laughs> like I need to be more like that, you know? So it's, yeah. Um, it, it truly is inspiring. John, where do you see yourself in three years? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, honestly, 
I, I still see myself working with the Zia Group, continuing to grow my business. Um, I'm actually in the process of hiring my first assistant. I actually have my first in-person interview today, so that's exciting. And that's, that's kind of the next, the next step to leveraging my time to do and achieve more. I used to think that I wanted to form my own real estate team, but honestly, after being in the industry for a couple of years, I realized that I, I don't want to have to manage others and be the guy at the top who kind of has to put out all the fires. And trust me, there's a lot of fires that we have to put out in our job. Um, I, I'm already putting out enough of my own, let, let alone if I had a team that I'm having to put out theirs as well. It just sounds exhausting. Right. So, I really enjoy the role I'm in now and would be stoked to be working with the amazing team that I'm currently working with and just continuing to, to crush the real estate game. So, um, but as far as like kind of building my personal team with an assistant, um, I think that's kind of um, the thing that's going to help me kind of break through the next ceiling and then just finding ways to continue and grow my business. I love it. Um, and, and yeah, sometimes keeping it simple, keeping it to as few people um, as involved as, as possible is definitely a more stress-free way to go about enjoying your business. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. As I mentioned, after I got into real estate, I, I, I realized, yeah, you can probably be, you, you know, a million dollar producer with a, with a, with a huge team on, on your side. But, you know, I, I don't know if I have the, the bandwidth or the capability to kind of to do all that entails with, with the workload and the, and, and, and the putting out the fires and all that. So I'm getting to a point where I, I, I feel like I could, I obviously want to keep, I still have, have the, um, the passion to, to do more and more business, but at some point I'll probably get to a point where I'm like, cool, I'm, I'm set and I'll be good here. <laughs> Sounds good. So John, what advice do you have for young agents or really any young entrepreneur or business professional getting started? We kind of touched on it earlier, um, but I, I made the mistake when I first started, you know, getting into real estate when I was my short stint in San Francisco. Um, you know, I joined a smaller company that didn't really have the proper training and didn't give me the fundamentals I needed to be successful. So then when I joined, um, joined the Zia group, I was very purposeful to join a company that put an emphasis on training and mentorship. So getting the proper training and then, of course, as I mentioned before, finding a mentor or someone that is willing to take you under their wing and show you the ropes. I quickly realized uh, when I started the business, there are a lot of smarter people out there than I am. And they already have a formula of success that, that has obviously proven to work. I didn't need to recreate the wheel and try to do my own thing when I already had a blueprint for success. So taking what others have already done, just making it your own or making it even better so that it works for you. Those are the pieces of advice that I would, I would give other young um, entrepreneurs out there. Good to know and good to hear because, uh, yeah, I think sometimes no matter where we're at in life, when we are trying to learn new th things or implement new strategies, taking the path that's already been traveled, but having the option to alter it however you see fit, it, it, you're re-inspiring me right now and some things that I'm thinking about doing in my life. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, of course. Sometimes it can be an eye opener. You're trying to um, involved in like in, in your process, in your way of doing things. And then you're like, wait a minute, like they already know I found an awesome way to do it. Like, why don't I just take that and like tweak it, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, John, I got three fun questions for you to wrap this thing up and and this is for the listeners to really get to know the real John Gilkison. So, and you cool. can answer you can answer these in any order you want, but here they are. One, what is your favorite sport to watch? Two, what is your favorite European country? And three, what is your favorite late night snack? 
Love it. So uh, sports, I mean, I can talk all day about this, so you might need to cut me short, but that's <laughs> sports is probably one of my passions. I'm a huge, you know, my, the three main sports that I really at least watch on TV are, are basketball, uh, baseball, and football. You know, being from Santa Barbara, it's only two hours north of LA. So I, I kind of got the, the LA teams that, you know, diehard Laker fan. They're, they're my number one team. And then, and then I'm, or, I'm the originally Dodgers. from Cleveland. So you're welcome. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we got the King now. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens with, with him this year. They've been playing better as of late. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to complain whenever you got LeBron playing on your team. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of my, uh, the teams that I like to like to watch. And then in terms of playing sports, I'm also being from Southern California, a big beach volleyball guy. So I'm in a, I'm in a beach volleyball league in the nice. summer, summertime. You know, I play, I do a co-ed league with my, uh, with my girlfriend and then a, and then a three on three league as well. And that, that keeps me fit, keeps me active. And of course we, I get to be on the beach a couple nights, evenings out of the week. So no complaints there. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So, um, and then in terms of European country, so I definitely, I probably have probably have two or three favorites. It's hard to pick. I, I was fortunate enough to be able to study abroad when I was in college. So I, I lived um, I lived in Holland or the Netherlands for oh, nice. uh, for a semester, and I absolutely love that country. Put some mayonnaise on your French fries. Yeah, exactly. Oh my <laughs> gosh, not just mayonnaise, but like they love sauces over there. Just all kinds of sauces that I never would have thought of. <laughs> so yeah. Um, their country is just beautiful. It's, it's um, I, I love all the canals. Love you know the flat land. You can bike anywhere. People are very nice. Amsterdam's an amazing city. Um, so definitely Holland is up there. I'll always have have um, a special place in my heart for for Holland. And then um, and then another country that I absolutely fell in love with was Croatia. Beautiful uh, coastal coastal region there. Um, you know warm waters, delicious food, lots of little islands that you can kind of hop from. So, um, yeah, I'm very high on Croatia as well. That was probably one of the favorite cities that I went to, um, of the maybe 15 that I was able to, to visit during my, uh, during my stay out there. So that's cool. How about yourself, Adam? Do you have a, do you have a favorite European country or you've probably answered this question maybe a million times on your uh, podcast already? I never have. No, no, it's, I think you, you're actually the first person to ask me a question like this on the show. So kudos to you. Oh, right on. <laughs> yeah, we can't, we can't forget about the host here. He's, he's the guy putting it on. <laughs> oh man, European country. I'm, I might honestly have to match you on that. I've been to the Netherlands before for about, I think I was there for eight days. Been, right. to, been to Italy, Germany as well. So not, not a whole lot of European countries, but yeah, Netherlands, I agree. The people were so nice. First of all, I forgot how close it was to the UK. So like everyone spoke English, which was also great because I'm sure as you've noticed, yep. in Southern Europe, Italy, probably Croatia. I'm actually Slovenian, so I still have to go to Slovenia at least once before my time comes. <clears throat> Italy, you can't really speak English. I mean, there's a few people there that, that can. But. Yeah. Netherlands yeah. was great. I could go anywhere. And I was actually there about two years ago for the first ever, I didn't go for this reason, but the first ever Taco Bell in the country opened up and it was incredible. It was like <laughs> nothing compared to the Taco Bells we have here. That's all I have to say. <laughs> That's such an American thing. I love it. There, there was, um, there was actually like, I waited in line outside for a half hour along with the rest of the population of Eindhoven. Um, and they had a bouncer at the front door <laughs> keeping track of how many people are in the building. Like this was the real deal. 
and knowing knowing the uh, European culture, uh, they pro- they probably had like a DJ inside, like with a spin table or something. <laughs> it was it was like yeah, you just can't even compare it to American Taco Bell. Sorry, guys. So, awesome. Uh, these three questions are really going, but that's fine with me. <laughs> what is your favorite <laughs> late night snack? Maybe Taco Bell. I don't that know. one's eat. Oh, shoot. I mean. <laughs> I'm at the old house I lived at, we were right around the corner from the, from a Taco Bell. So too many Taco Bells. Luckily I moved out of that spot cause I was, it was not healthy for me, <laughs> but, um, hands down, dude, I'm, I'm a big ice cream guy. Um, uh, love, we have a local company here called McConnell's McConnell's ice cream is just freaking delicious. Um, and it's probably, I, I mean, not probably, it's definitely not the best for me. I am slightly lactose intolerant, but I, I power through it because I love it so much. Um, so ice cream would be my, my, uh, late night snack of, of choice. Nice, nice. Good choice. I'll have to check out <clears throat> McConnell's next time I'm in Santa Barbara. Please do. You, you will thank me. <laughs> All right, John. Well, we're going to wrap things up now. Um, again, thank you so much for being on the show. And is there a way that the listeners can follow up with you if they want to get in touch? Yeah. Um, I mean, you can definitely uh, Google my name, John Gilkison. Find me on Facebook, Instagram, J-O-N. Last name is Gilkison, G-I-L-K-E-S-O-N. Yeah, that, that would be the best way. So if you have any questions or have any real estate referrals, we'd be happy to help help anyone out that you know. I appreciate you taking the time to, to do this, Adam. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. My pleasure. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in. We will catch you in the next episode. Remember, in all you think, say, and do, take it to the next level. <laughs>